Hello, everyone. Welcome to New Creation Family Church and those listening to the podcast, the Transformation Podcast. We welcome you also. Um, I'm going to ask a question. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? I got good news for you. There's an answer to that. And it's not your favorite restaurant. Uh, God has... God has the answer. You know, uh, we'll go back to, uh, let's see, let's look at Matthew 5, 6. We'll we'll just use that to uh, start off with. And then um, we're going to go back to Exodus for a little bit. In Matthew chapter 6 and the uh, fifth chapter. And the sixth verse uh, says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, uh, I think it's in the book of uh, James, maybe, where it talks about um, it's not... Uh, meat or drink but righteousness peace peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and so you know uh, the Bible talks about us seeking after righteousness we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and pursue him and follow after him and do um what the Bible teaches us to do and are obedient to the Word of God, then uh, we make Jesus the Lord of our life and it says we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when you uh, ask God to forgive your sins, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're, you're made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And righteousness is being right like God is right. And God's never wrong. And so that's a pretty powerful place to be. But but you have to renew your mind to that. You have to get to where um, you see yourself that way. and Because that's how God looks at you. He looks at you like you're right in his eyes. Because you are. Because of Jesus. And so, uh, we're going to look at the Old Testament here a little bit. In Exodus chapter 16. (coughs) Now, um, we're not going to get into all of this today because it's a long story. But I'm telling you, it's worth getting into. And you go back to... um, uh, the children of Israel had been slaves to the Egyptians for 500 years, 400 years. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a long time. And, uh, uh, you know, Moses was, uh, uh, Pharaoh was going to get rid of the Egyptians. They were, they were overpopulating. The slaves were outnumbering the uh, the slave masters 
and he was concerned about that so he says we'll just kill all the baby boys and then we'll stop this uh, population explosion and uh, Moses mother uh, you know made a basket put him in in the river in the in the bulrushes and Pharaoh's daughter found him and she raised him so uh, you, you know you go through and read that whole story it's very interesting it's really interesting and these are all types and shadows of things that are going to come to pass uh, I mean they're they're there for a reason and it's good for us to read them and study them and and uh, but as you're reading the Old Testament uh, uh, always keep in mind who this is written to and and their relationship with God and it's you know God utterly destroyed nations for the children of Israel and and why because there was no covenant uh, they were they were not godly men they were of their father the devil and uh, so for protection for for uh, growing the family of God but in New Testament things are different and so uh, we look at everything through through the blood the work of Jesus and the covenant that he sealed in his blood and that's where we live now and that's why we can be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and I won't get off on a different subject here I want to teach what what the Lord dropped in my heart so in Exodus chapter 16 everybody's here but me uh, uh, and the children of Israel have been uh, delivered out of Egypt. They, they, you know, uh, spoiled the Egyptians. They went out in the wilderness. They're up against the Red Sea. Moses uh, cast his rod out over the waters, and it parts, and they walk through on dry land. And then the Egyptians follow them and the waters close in on them and the horses and chariots and all the horsemen are are drowned in the sea and you know miraculous deliverance from egypt and uh then in the 16th chapter uh i'm, I'm in genesis not exodus sorry about that I was talking and not looking when I was turning pages. So Exodus 16. Okay, now I'm there. <coughs> so let's go back into the 15th chapter. Uh, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, there's one half a dozen people. This was a nation of people. Uh, um some accounts say around three million people maybe a lot of people and they have no water and so 
they complained against Moses. So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them, and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, this is a powerful statement of God. I am the Lord who heals you. Now, he cursed the Egyptians. Uh, they, uh, you know, you go through the all the plagues and everything they did there uh, that God did to set the people of, of Israel free. And so he says, he didn't ask much. He says, you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. You listen to God. You do what is right in his sight. There's so many people in, in they think, you know, the Bible says that a man seemed right in his own eyes. But we're not supposed to be looking through our own eyes. We're supposed to be looking at things how God looks at them. If Jesus is your Lord and, and God is your Father, then you need to be judging the things in your life, the things that you do, in light of what God sees. Do what is right in his sight. You know, I used to tell my girls when they were little, you know, they would do something and they didn't know about doing something. I says, you'll end up doing what's right. And I used to irritate them when I say that. But, you know, for the most part, they ended up doing what was right. And, uh, but do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what the word says. Keep all his statutes. That's his word. Be doers of the word. Uh, and I will keep you well. I will heal you. I am the Lord that heals you. So, uh, so they uh, continue on their journey. And they get over into... Uh, the wilderness of sin, which is, I don't know why it was called that, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Now listen to what it says again. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Here they go griping and complaining again. They have just been miraculously delivered from slavery. And they're, of course, they're in a different environment. They're doing things different than they used to do. And they were used to making bricks with straw. And, and uh, now they're marching through the desert or wilderness, it says. I don't know if it's all desert, but it was wilderness. And uh, uninhabited place. And, uh, the whole congregation starts complaining against Moses and Aaron. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. Have you brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger? And 
they're 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 complaining. They're hungry. They've gone three days without food, and that's a long time to go without food, especially when you're marching through wilderness. So you know, but they they said it'd be better that we died in Egypt when we had plenty of food than to come out here and die of hunger. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, at evening you shall know that the Lord God has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him, and what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. God hears you when you complain. Just saying. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Now omer was about two quarts. That's what I looked up on the internet. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and who who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, Let no one leave any of it till morning. Now, notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need, and when the sun became hot, it melted. And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is the Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, boil what you will boil, and lay it up for yourselves, all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. 
Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called its name manna, and it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. So this, was, this wasn't bad food. It wasn't what they were used to, but it was enough to, to fill them and nourish them, and it tasted good. Uh, so verse 35, And the children of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. And they ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. So God supplied their food. And then there you can see previous before that, if you'll read back, they had no water and God supplied the water. We read about the, the tree that they threw into the bitter waters. And then later on they were uh, without water and the Lord led them to a, a rock and he told them to take his rod and strike the rock, and water came out of it, and they had, had good water. <clears throat> and so God provided for them all the way 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And, you know, the reason they spent so long getting to the land of Canaan was because of their complaining and griping and, and unbelief in God and, and what he said he would do. Uh, and when they got there, they had to had to wait another generation because uh, there was only two of the spies that went into the land that that uh, agreed with what God said was going to happen. So they didn't let them go in. God didn't let them go in. So I've got to move on here. Uh, now. Uh, in Numbers, I'm not going to go there and read it, but I look it up. It's uh, Numbers chapter 11. You go back and read through that. And it talks again about the manna. And they've been eating it for four years. And they got to complaining about the manna. And they said, you know, we hadn't had good food in Egypt. And well, we eat this manna every day. Uh, we want meat. And so the Lord says, okay, you want meat? I'll give you meat. And he says, uh, so Mo Moses told him, he says, you're going to eat meat. And not only are you going to eat meat tomorrow, but you're going to eat it next week and the week after that. And, and for a month, you're going to eat meat and you're going to have so much meat. It comes out of your nose and you're going to complain about that. Uh, that was paraphrased. He, but that's basically what he said. Go to John chapter 6. Now, God has a... Has a I believe, you know, he provided for them, and he provides for us. But he does it through the new covenant, the covenant that he established through the blood of Jesus. And uh, in John chapter 6, and I think it's the fifth chapter that 
Jesus feeds the 5,000. Maybe it's in this chapter. Uh, yeah, it's in this chapter. And he's preaching to the people, a great multitude to the people. The second verse, a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs when, which he performed on those who were diseased. And uh, uh, it was the Passover. Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And, but he said this to test them, for he knew what he would do. And he said, 200 denarii worth of bread, that's how much money they had, I guess. Um, I'm sure 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. So uh, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. 5,000 men. doesn't say how many women and children were there. So Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise to the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the, his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. Now, miraculous, miraculously, Jesus fed that crowd of people with five loaves and three fish, or two fish. And uh, so then... Uh, they were, uh, those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Verse 14. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. And when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So they rode about three or four miles, and they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat. And they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him in the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So they got translated. Anyway, uh, other people followed him in boats, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Because they knew he wasn't in the boat with his disciples. And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, because you ate of the loaves and were filled. They followed him because here's a man that fed them for nothing, out of nothing. And they were totally amazed about it. Uh, and he tells them, verse 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then, 
Uh, let's see. In the 35th verse, uh, 32nd verse, then Jesus said to them, uh, verse 31st, uh, I'm sorry. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Now, if Jesus had done that, they would have been just like the children of Israel, and they would have said, you making me eat this again? Uh, really? And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say unto you, I, but I said to you, that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast away. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Uh, and then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to him, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Uh, let's see, I'm not really. Uh, verse 48, Most assuredly I say to you, verse 47, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which shall be given for the life of the world, which I shall give for the life of the world. And uh, then... His disciples, when they heard this, verse 60, said, "Is This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Now look at verse 63. You should underline this. You should meditate upon it. You should... Listen to what it says. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Now, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now, when the children of Israel complained in the wilderness, 
they were complaining because their flesh was unhappy. They didn't have anything to drink. They didn't have anything to eat. And understandably so. But God, who delivered them miraculously from slavery in Egypt, uh, the same God that delivered them is the same God that provided for them. And then they complained about that after 40 years. But, and then they didn't go into the promised land. They didn't see the promise of the Father because of their complaining and their unbelief. So, it is the Spirit who gives life. The fl flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words Jesus speaks are spirit and in life. God says, if you will just do what I say, follow my commandments, obey my voice, I'll take care of you. Jesus said, I'll give you life and life everlasting. See, you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You hunger and thirst after right standing with God. It says in the Bible, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things that you desire will be added unto you. You'll have plenty to eat. You'll have plenty to drink. You'll have plenty to wear. You'll have, uh, you know, gas in your car. You'll have a house over your head. You'll have clothes to wear if you seek first the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus said, you know, don't worry about what you're putting on. Don't worry what, about what you're eating. You don't worry about your life being right with God. You, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of the rest of your life falls in line with that and all place with that. And you stay in the word and you eat the word. You, you meditate the word. You, you drink it, you, you know, this living water that's Jesus, the Word of God, and you put your focus on what the Word says, and you follow after the Word, and you're a doer of the Word, and a believer, and your life is better than when you were led by the flesh. And, you know, Jesus said that flesh profits nothing if if you're going by how you feel how full your tummy is you know um, you're not thirsty you're you're not hungry you got plenty and as long as that food keeps coming and that water keeps coming and, and you get complacent and you get satisfied and comfortable and then God asks you to do something and uh, you have to make adjustments to your life and you, you, you have to uh, make changes in your flesh and you have to put your flesh under because it's trying to dominate and rule. And, you know, there's so many people, they're called carnal Christians. They, they confess Jesus as Lord, but they let the desires of the flesh the the lust of the flesh, the the that's what lust is is an over uh, overcoming desire that you let rule your life, 
and you don't you don't put your flesh under you don't control it you don't you don't deal with it jesus said you crucify the flesh the bible says you crucify the flesh that means you put to death you know uh, a dead man doesn't sin did you hear me dead people don't sin they don't they don't they can't make a choice to do wrong or right they're dead so if this flesh if this flesh body that i'm living in is dead to sin i talk about it in romans it's dead to sin you, you crucify it die to sin and live to the lord jesus christ live, live to god live to that pursuit of righteousness in your life and the bible says you do that you follow after the works of the flesh it leads to destruction you follow after the works of the spirit it leads to life so we make the right choice we do the right thing so if you make the decision i'm going to do what's right in the eyes of god i'm going to follow after him i'm going to truly make jesus lord of my life and I'm not going to participate in the lust of the flesh, the, the things of the world, the temptations that the devil brings to me to do wrong. I'm going to stand up against that with the word of God. And I'm going to be strong in the Lord and seek first the kingdom of God. And while I'm in this process of, of the changes taking place in my life, and you know i had to adjust my diet because my blood sugar was starting to climb up a little bit and and uh, you know the doctor told me that it was a little high and i can control it with diet and exercise and so i quit eating some of the stuff that i uh, used to eat too much of and i got my blood sugar under control by controlling my diet uh, so you get your flesh under control by controlling it crucify it you know jesus says you know it's better that uh you know if you you're cut your hand off and go through life maimed than sin with it uh you know pluck your eyes out if you can't control uh you know and that's that's extreme he wasn't literally meaning that but you 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 crucify that flesh you you put it under and uh, you can't do that all by your lonesome either you need help you need the holy ghost you need to be in the word you need to hear good preaching of the word you need to to meditate and study the word yourself read it uh think about what it says see yourself in there you come across something that you're not doing start doing it you come across something in there that that it says you shouldn't do Quit doing it. Do what's right. Do what's right. Uh, being doers of the word, not hearers only. Uh, it'll change your life. So, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And there's nothing more satisfying than you know going through life and being satisfied you 
Don't worry about where your next meal is coming from. Why? Because God provides. And, you know, we've gone through some times in our life where uh, things were, there was lack. Uh, and there's there's reasons for that. Uh, you know, lack is part of the curse. And the Bible says curse causes, does, it does not come. Curse doesn't come without a cause. There's a cause for the curse. And so you find out what the cause is, and then you correct the cause and and start being obedient to what the Word says. Then you come up out of that stuff. And so, but, uh, you know, the Bible says, and I can't remember where it is. I just read it. Somebody posted it on Facebook today. Um you know, you talking about, you know, countries in a recession and the price of everything's getting higher. And, and um, it says in the Bible, I've never seen the righteous begging bread and going hungry. And I don't think I quoted that exactly right. But there's power in the righteousness of God. There's provision in that lifestyle. There's, there's peace in that lifestyle. There's the peace of God in that lifestyle. And you can have things happening all around you. But in your heart, in your mind, the peace of God keeps your heart and mind, guards it, and, and you rise above those things and face them by faith and speak the word and change them. And, and life is better. If you don't hunger and thirst because you're righteous. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Be filled. In Jesus' name. Amen.